to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me. I want to welcome you tonight to Victory Christian Fellowship. We are in the stream of refreshing. Times of refreshing are coming from God's presence. And his refreshing is good. It's wonderful. It's glorious. So, Father, we thank you your goodness on us tonight and meeting us where we are and propelling us forward into victory and great things. And we give you the high praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
Thank Signature worship team. Glory to God. We're already in November. Almost halfway through. A lot of things are happening. We got youth on Tuesdays. Wednesday night refreshing on Wednesdays. Bible adventure on Thursdays. There'll be woven coming up next Friday. And then our church on Sunday. And uh, hallelujah. You know, I was thinking about this just before service. You know, if you were to buy 
uh, Pastor Fiona's books, my book, and Melissa's book, you'd be a strong, confident, fearless Christian full of joy that can experience God in the everyday. (laughs) So you ought to get some. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeah, we're about to publish our Kids Life book. I'm telling you, stuff's flowing out of VCF in Palmyra. And uh, coming up on the 14th and 15th of this month, I'm going to be teaching two classes in a Bible school in India. And uh, the Bible school is going on for the whole month of November, so I'm excited about that. I'm going to be teaching on righteousness and the Holy Spirit. So that's going to be a good, uh, good time. Hallelujah. Well, you know, uh, anytime that you get together, you have an opportunity to give uh, to God. And when you give to God, he's going to give to you. That's how he set it up. That's how his kingdom works. He said, as long as the earth remains, as the earth is the earth still remaining. So he said, as long as the earth remains, there is seed time and harvest, right? Cold and winter, summer and heat. And uh, giving is a principle of God, but so is receiving. And you can give any time during the service here tonight. You can give online and uh, watch what God will do. Amen. Amen. He won't disappoint. He won't let you down. But he will exceed your expectations. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Father, I just bless every giver and their gifts that they brought to you tonight, that they've sowed into your kingdom. And I thank you, Father, for a rich, plentiful, abundant return to come to them. And I thank you for protecting them, providing for them, and prospering them in all that they do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know, kids are tithers. Josiah is a tither. Gabriel has been a tither. And we are seeing the difference that that makes in their life. Hallelujah. All right, kids, you ready for your kids' life? I want you to wait now. Just walk back to class. We don't want you to run. I know you're excited because it's awesome stuff. But we want you to have a good time. You guys are dismissed. Walk to your class. Have a good night. Be blessed by the Lord and the teaching. Hallelujah. Well, we're about to take the cap off tonight. Are you ready? Well, if not, just wait a second, and you will get ready. Hallelujah. I want you to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 11. As I was praying today, you know, I had some things prepared, but I'm always listening to what the Holy Ghost wants. And uh, tonight he wants to go a little bit different direction than we've been going said, if you, if you haven't dug your well now and struck water, <laughs> we've been digging and we ought to hit water by now, right? Yes. We can't just keep digging. We've got to hit some water. Yes. Amen? Amen? So tonight, we're going to encourage you about releasing the force of faith for victory. Hallelujah. How many know that faith is a force? Yes. And, uh, you know, we're living in a day and an hour where the true Christians can arise and shine. Yeah. Amen. 
The world is going to put more pressure on you to conform to it. But, you know, as a believer, the Bible says we're not to be conformed to the world. I like the way J.B. Phillips translated it. He said, don't let the world squeeze you into its molds. Amen? We are, a, we are made in the image of God. So here in the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 12, is this verse, and have you ever come across a verse that you just don't quite understand or grasp, and, uh, but then the Holy Spirit speaks to you? Well, that's what the Holy Spirit was saying to me today. Matthew 11, verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. We got to have some violent people in here tonight. You're going to understand what that means in just a minute. Okay? Now let me read this from the Amplified. Right? Because different versions bring more light. The Amplified says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent assault and violent men seize it by force as a precious prize. As a precious prize. Okay? Here is the passion translation. How many people got some passion in them tonight? All right. Passion Translation, from the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth, and and passionate people have taken hold of its power. Do we got some passionate people who are here tonight ready to take hold of God's power? Amen? Listen, we can initiate change. We don't have to uh, succumb to the change that we don't want to make. We can initiate change to improve the kingdom of God. Not not to improve it, but to make the kingdom of God improve our world. Amen? Okay? Let's read it from the New Living Translation. All right, New Living. From the time the John... From the time uh, John the Baptist began preaching until now, thank God for the Baptists. John was a Baptist. He was a baptizer. The kingdom of heaven has been successfully advancing. And violent people are attacking it. Okay, we're going to get a better definition of that. And then the, the God's word translation. It says, from the time of John the baptizer until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful people have been seizing it. Yes. Amen. Did you know that God's given you some stuff? Yes. It is yours. Yes. It belongs to you, but you have to seize it. Yes. You have to possess it and you have to take it and you have to receive it. Amen. Amen? Yes. The things of God are not automatically transferred to you. Just like the promised land, God said, I've given you the land, but they had to go in and take it, right? They had to take possession of it. Okay? So, 
Here's what violent faith does. All right, God gave me this. Violent faith refuses to quit. Do we got some people in here that refuse to quit, refuse to give up? Uh, listen, I'm telling you, one of David's mighty men, the Bible says he defended a bean field and he killed 600 people in one city. You ain't getting my beans. Amen? Maybe he loved bean soup or bean burritos. I don't know, but he defended the bean field. Violent faith is a faith that refuses to quit. You don't quit believing. You don't quit striving. You don't quit uh, moving towards God. You don't quit serving. You don't quit worshiping. You don't quit giving. Amen? Amen. Why? Because you got violent faith. You're going to see that that's not a bad word. That's a good word. Violent faith doesn't back down from a challenge, but it uses God's word led by the Spirit to overcome. Say, I was created... To overcome. You're more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer. Amen. That's in your DNA. That's your new nature. Your new nature does not know defeat. Your new nature does not know lack. Well, then how come I'm experiencing lack? Because you got to let your new nature take over your old nature. You ready for a takeover tonight? We're going to turn you inside out. Christians need to live inside out. You know, when I was in college, I had an outfit of jeans and a denim shirt that was made on purpose inside out. Fiona has seen it. I was a little wild in my dress code before I got married. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. The violent faith is always optimistic. It always favors a good report. It's always positive. It's always forward thinking. If if you have violent faith, you're always optimistic. You have a can-do mentality. Did you know miracles come in cans? I can do all things. That's a can, right? Miracles come in cans. I can do all things come in cans. Hallelujah. Not bottles, but cans. (laughs) Okay? Violent faith refuses to let go of what God said, and it has made up its mind that what God said is so. Well, I don't feel healed, but because God's word says I am healed, I am healed. Therefore, body, listen, you're healed because God said you are. You're rich because God said you are. Amen? We don't back down from God's word. Violent faith diligently seeks God. Because diligent seekers get rewarded. Violent faith is single-focused, not double-minded. Single-focused. I'm focused on the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I'm single-focused, not double-minded. I don't have room for two opinions in my mind. Because a a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways, and don't think that a double-minded man should receive anything from God. You can't hold the two opinions and expect God to fill both of them. Yeah, right. 
violent faith remains steadfast, strong, established, immovable, no matter what pressure is applied to it. And believe me, some people in the Bible had some pressure applied to them. Daniel had some pressure not to pray. The Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had pressure to bow. Jesus was pressured to be legalistic, but he refused to be. Amen? All right. You could see violent faith in the life of Daniel, Joseph, Mordecai, Ruth, David, the Syrophoenician woman. Matthew 15, she refused to quit. She just hung in there until she got her miracle. We've got to have some of that today. You got you got you got to stand the fight yes. until the end. Right. What is the end? When you knock out your opponent, the fight isn't done until you lay your opponent out and yeah. cut off his head and take the spoil. We got to take some spoil. Yes. We've been fighting battles, but we ain't been getting the spoil. Right. You know, God spoils His kids yes. with spoil from the enemy. Hallelujah. All right? Violent faith makes God's word its image. You are created in the image of God. Therefore, what God says has the the first and foremost um, possibility. You, You form your image of who you are based on what God said. You're healed, you're rich, you're joyful, you're at rest, whatever. You make God's word your image. Say, I am what the word says I am. I can do what the word says I can do. I have what the word says is mine. Amen. And, you know, there is opposition to the kingdom of God. Satan is an enemy, an adversary. We have the world, Satan, and the flesh are all opposed to the kingdom of God. And uh, Satan is hostile to the kingdom. He opposes it. He's adversarial to it. And he tries to stop it. He contradicts it. And he's against it. You know? And we can see this in Pharaoh. Right? Pharaoh didn't let Israel go on the first try, did he? Moses had to perform ten miracles before Pharaoh decided to let God's people go. What if if Moses would have quit at five? They'd have still been in bondage. Amen? He kept going, saying, let my people go, let my people go, let my people go, let my people go until they went. Yes. They... You know, Pharaoh said, well, you guys can go believe the cattle here. He said, no, the cattle's coming with us. We're taking our cattle, we're taking our kids, and we're taking your gold. He didn't say that, but that's what happened. Nebuchadnezzar, all the ites in Canaan, they opposed Israel. How'd that work out for them? The ites got smited. Right? 
There were giants, Pharisees, religion, the world, quarreling, contention, complaining, mockers and scorners all opposed the kingdom of God. So we live in a we live in a place that there's a lot of opposition to the kingdom, but God puts in you the necessary tools to overcome all opposition and every opponent. So this phrase in, in this scripture, Matthew eleven twelve, the phrase suffers violence. We gotta we gotta this we gotta know this. The the, the phrase suffers violence is the word biazzo, not bedazzle, but biazzo. It means I use force, I force my way, I come forward violently, I'm forcibly treated. It means to use power to forcibly seize. It means laying hold of something, I love this phrase, with positive aggressiveness. Positive aggressiveness. Positive aggressiveness is a readiness to engage in daring or difficult activity. How, do we got some people who are ready to engage in some daring activity to ready to face what's impossible and watch it become possible? To stand before a mountain and command it to move. To get out of the boat and walk on water. To, to tell a dead man to come out of that grave. Positive aggressiveness. I shouted a little bit about that word. Positive aggressiveness is a fierceness. It is a ferociousness. You got to be a ferocious Christian. That's what you call a radical Christian. It means to have insistence, to have some gumption, and to have holy ambition. Okay? So. See, here's, here's the thing. Since John the Baptist, people who have heard about the kingdom have rushed to get into the kingdom. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen? Yes. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter preached about the kingdom, they were convicted in their heart, and 3,000 said, what must we do to be saved? That's a rushing on the kingdom of God. That's a violent seizing of what God was offering. Yes. That's what he's talking about. Since John the Baptist until now, is the kingdom of God still being preached? Yet people are still getting saved. There's still a rush on the kingdom. Amen? When Jesus walked this earth, the Bible says multitudes followed him. Large groups. I mean, when he left the place, they followed him. They went to where he was. They followed him on the, on the hillside. They followed him uh, through the streets. They followed him along the beach. There were great multitudes that were following Jesus because they wanted what he was offering. And he spoke with authority, not like the scribes. So that phrase, the kingdom of God suffers violence, it's like... A city attacked on all sides. How many know that you just experienced what, what God is offering? It's so good, it's so wonderful that you just got to have it. Yes. And you're not going to let anything stop you yes. from getting it. Amen? Nothing could have stopped the woman with the issue of blood from making her way to Jesus. Amen. Nothing could have stopped Jairus 
from getting to Jesus so that his daughter could be healed. Nothing stopped the Roman centurion from coming to Jesus. Amen? See, they, they, they were exercising violent faith. Okay? So the kingdom of God suffers violence. It means that people with eager and impetuous zeal, they grasp the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Do you got some zeal? Some excitement? When, when, when you, you heard a message and it just so radically changed your life that you went for it. Amen? That's what I'm talking about tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It means that, you know, there's a rush to the kingdom of God. Yes. And as the, as, as the world gets darker, there's going to be more of a rush. Yes. You know, when it gets dark, people want to know where the light is. Right. Say, who will be the light? Yes. If you'll be the light, raise your hand and say, amen. Say, I'll be the light. Yes. Amen. Now's your time to shine. You don't, you, listen, we're not going to put a bushel under you. We're going to let you shine. Right? Because in your shining, your shining attracts others to God. Let your light so shine before who? That, that they might what? See your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So when you shine, you're putting your good works on display. You don't work to get saved, but after you say, there's some work to do. Right? So John's preaching, what was John's preaching? Repent. It was the signal to press into the kingdom. Right? And remember when John preached, the soldier said, well, what do we do? He said, well, don't, don't use force or whatever. Right? And he answered those questions. But John's preaching was the signal to rush on the kingdom of God. God just put, how many remember the blue light special at Kmart? (laughs) They used to have that blue light, and that means they were having some super good deals, and people would rush to the light, wouldn't they? And if you didn't get there quick, you'd be, you know, the stuff that, that was on sale was pretty much gone. But if you didn't get there early, right? Okay. So the phrase, uh, violent men, it's a little similar, but it's, a, it's the word is biastase. So violent men taken by force, okay, the phrase violent men, it means one who is in eager pursuit. I instantly thought of the Duke, Dukes of Hazard and Roscoe P. Coltrane, and then my dog Flash. And every time there was the Duke boys, Roscoe Coltrane would be in hot pursuit. I mean, hot pursuit, right? He'd get in his sheriff's car, he'd be in hot pursuit after the Duke boys. So Roscoe P. Coltrane had some violent faith. Amen? And violent men, now, Violent, uh, suffering violence was positive aggressiveness. Violent man is positive assertiveness. Positive assertiveness. It means, it talks about the believer having living faith. Did you know that your faith is alive? It's not dead. 
It's alive. It means their faith is guiding and empowering them to act forcefully. It means fired up by God to act by his revelation. We've got to get some fired up Christians who get a hold of what God is saying and put it into practice the moment they hear it. Are you fired up tonight? Well, you can light your fire. If your flame isn't flickering, light it. Get some fuel. Light that sucker. Fired up, not fired down. Fired up. Fired up. You're fired up by God to act by his revelation. You read it in the Bible and say, yeah, I can do that. Why? Because God said it. Amen? You don't need any other evidence or any other proof. The fact that God said it means you can do it. You can have it. You can go there. You can be that. Amen? And the word force is the word harpazo. It means to seize, to catch up, to snatch away. It's the same word for rapture when God snatches away the church when he comes again. Right? Okay? I want you to go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. We've got to exercise our violent faith. We're living in a world that needs to see some violent faith. They need to see some men and women who have gotten a hold of the promises of God and they're not letting go. They're acting them out in their life. Amen? We need to see some free Christians, some full Christians. Amen? Hallelujah. We don't need no fault-finding Christians. We need some free ones and some full ones. Glory to God. Some people are proud of being broke, and God can deliver you out of both of them. I'm broke, but I'm proud. Yeah, God will deliver you from both of them. You don't have to have either one of them. All right, 1 Timothy chapter 6. Verse 12, he gives us some insights on how to have some violent faith. All right? Very simple. Say, faith is simple. simple. You know why God made it so simple? Because he wants everybody to do it. God doesn't want you philosophizing about faith. He doesn't want you to intellectualize faith. He wants you to do faith. He wants you to put it into practice. He wants you to do it without reservation, without figuring it out. You don't have to know everything. You just have to do it. Amen? Amen. Did you know that Jairus did not ask Jesus how to get his daughter healed? He just found his way to Jesus and said, my daughter needs to be healed. Okay, I'll come. Jesus didn't teach him a sermon on how to be healed. He just knew that Jesus was the healer, and if I find Jesus, I'm going to, get, I'm going to find healing. Yes. And he did. Jesus did, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Jesus did exactly, see, Jesus did exactly what Jarius said. Yes. Jarius said, come, lay your hands on my daughter, and she shall be healed and whole. What did Jesus do? He went to his house, so he came, right? He touched his daughter, so he touched her, right? 
He raised her up and healed her. Exactly what Jairus said. Yes. That's very important. All right, 1 Timothy 6, 12. Fight the what? The good fight of what? Faith. Notice it didn't say fight the devil. The devil's defeated. You don't have to fight him, but you do have to resist him. But you fight by faith. Faith is your weapon. Faith is your armor. Amen? And, And faith is what brings the change about. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto you are also called... You've got to lay hold of what you're called to. Yes. Lay hold on your calling. And has professed a good profession before many witnesses. Within this verse are the two keys to exercise violent faith, to release faith, the force of faith. You've got to take some action, lay hold, and you've got to speak some words. You've got to lay hold onto the promise. You've got to lay hold onto eternal life. You've got to lay hold onto the name of Jesus. Right? You gotta lay hold. Get a hold of it. Look at your neighbor and say, get a hold of it. And you gotta profess a good profession before who? A few witnesses? Many witnesses. That means you gotta keep saying what God said so that a lot of people hear you. And don't change your story. You know, you might say one thing with one group and another with another group. Don't change your story. A lot of people got to hear the same message. Amen? So, take hold of eternal life. That's a seizing of it, isn't it? That's a grasping of it, isn't it? That's a violent action. Taking hold of it, right? It's the same word used when Jesus took hold of Peter's hand when he was drowning because he looked at the wind and the waves. He took his hand. He grabbed his hand so he wouldn't drown. Amen? See, I've got some violent faith in me. All right? The New Living Translation says, fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to eternal life. Do you have a good grip on eternal life? Which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. How many know that your mouth is is the primary outlet of your faith? The words that you say reveal what you believe. It reveals what you've been putting in your heart. What you've been depositing in your heart will come out of your mouth. Your belief will be exposed in just a short conversation. What you believe about anything. Right? The Weymouth translation says, Exert all your strength in the honorable struggle for the faith. Lay hold of life of the ages to which you were called when you made your noble profession of faith before many witnesses. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We fight the fight of faith, right? 
and, and this word to take hold, it's the word epe lombanome, I guess. It's a little Greek to me. It means to lay hold of, take hold of, to seize, sometimes with hostile intent. You have got to, when you read the Bible, you have got to seize those promises. You have got to seize what God said. When God says, I did not give you a spirit of fear, you take that and you say, I am fearless. And if fear comes knocking at your door, you say, fear, go in Jesus' name. You do not have a spirit of fear. God didn't give it to you. If you got fear, God, it didn't come from God, so it must have come from somewhere else. Because when you're in fear, you are participating with an evil spirit. And that includes worry. That includes taking care. That includes having anxiety about life. Those are all parts of fear. But we got some violent faith. It means to take hold of something showing personal initiative, focused resolve. It means that matches the seizing. How many know you got you to gotta have what's in here so you can have it out here? Glory to God. I heard Leroy Thompson say, he said, every promise of God is pregnant with whatever you need, want, or desire. And it produces, it gives birth to miracles time and time and time again. The miracles are already in the promises. Everything that God wants you to have is already in his promises. But when you get up, when you seize the promise, what the promise has in it becomes yours. All his promises are what? Yes and amen. amen. Yes and so be it. Say God's promises are true. Say God's promises are for me. They're the key to my receiving. They're the key to my victory. Hallelujah. We have the ability to rebuke sickness. Amen. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 1. Or no, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. Yeah, 1 Timothy chapter 1. Verses 18 and 19. 1 Timothy 1, verses 18 and 19. This charge I commit unto you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on you. The, the inspired utterances. Has God said some things about you? Yes. He said that by them, by what? By the prophecies, by the inspired utterance, by what God has said about you. He says, wage a good warfare, yes. holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. If people don't have a good grip on eternal life, they can wreck their ship. They can destroy things. Amen? But God wants you to wage a good... What's a good warfare? It's a war that you win. 
Our general already went before us and he defeated all of our enemies. We just got to enforce their defeat. Sickness has been defeated. Poverty has been defeated. Death has been defeated. Amen? We just need to walk in life. What kind of life? Everlasting life. Eternal life. Abundant life. Blessed life. Amen? Jesus said, I've come to give you a life more abundantly. Abundant life. Overflowing life. Too much life. Fiona and I were talking about this. You know, and, 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 and for, for pastors' appreciation, you know, we got some gift cards, and we're appreciative of that. We're thankful of that. But we're thinking, let's just believe God for a chef that can cook the meals. Amen? Let's, let's expand our thinking a little bit. Come on. God's got bigger things for us. Don't just believe for a cheeseburger. Believe for one who can make the cheeseburger. Amen? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they all had servants. And here we are struggling by ourselves, trying to get by. God doesn't want you getting by. He wants you over the top. He wants you to have more than enough. My goodness, we've been infected with small thinking. Thank God. Say, God, deliver me from small thinking. Expand my horizon. Hallelujah. Let's think bigger. Let's believe bigger. Let's do bigger. Glory to God. My goodness. Look at Zechariah chapter 10. Zechariah. He's towards the end of the Old Testament there. Zechariah chapter 10. This is powerful. Verse 5. I'm going to read this from the Amplified. They will be like mighty men. I'm standing in a room full of mighty men. That includes women too. Why? You know that there is a spirit of might. According to Isaiah 11, there's a spirit of might. What do you think came on Samson? Spirit of might. Right? They will be like mighty men trampling down their enemies in the mire of the streets in battle. They will fight because the Lord is with them. And the enemies... Riders on horses will be shamed. How many know when you know the Lord is with you, you fight differently? When the, when the Lord is with you, you cannot be defeated. David knew that God was with him. And he knew that God was not with Goliath. And David had a covenant Goliath did not. And that shepherd boy, how, do you, how does a shepherd become a king? You, you do it by faith. Yes. He believed God. He said, I come at you with the name of the Lord. He recognized his spiritual weapons against a spiritual battle. Right? He didn't back down. He didn't even tiptoe to him. He ran to Goliath. Yeah. Everybody say he ran to Goliath. Yeah. He didn't say, well, I don't know about this. No, he put five things in his rock. That's Goliath and his four brothers. 
And he ran after that giant. And he said, you know, and Goliath said, am I a dog? Did you come at me with a stick? Oh, no, I don't come at you with a stick. I just have a stick in my hand. I come at you with the name of the Lord. That's my, that's my real weapon. Right? And David, I mean, you've got to be bold. He said, I'm going to cut your head off and I'm going to feed your carcass to the birds. You've got to be bold. You've got to tell your enemy how it is. That's what violent faith does. And that's exactly what David did. He put that rock in his sling. He swung that thing. And God took that rock and hit that giant's head, knocked him down to the ground. And David took his own sword, not his sword, but the Goliath's sword, and cut off his head. And David kept that head. He kept that head. He, he put it in his tent. You've got to show the enemy that he is defeated and he is never going to intimidate you. He is never going to overcome you. He is never going to defeat you. Come on, we've got to take some giant's heads and put them in our tents. I don't want to make a lot of waves. Make some waves. You're a rock. There's some things that you got to take hold of, and there's some things that you got to say. Amen? Amen? And this is a lifestyle. you got to do it. Yes. Kids that are in high school, you could take your high school. Yes. How, many, how many Christians were in Egypt during Joseph's day? One. Joseph was there. How did he get there? He, he, he got there as a slave the enemy thought he was a slave but God put him out as an inside band he put him into a place where he changed the entire atmosphere of a nation come on the school is not bigger than God your classroom is not bigger than God the world is not as strong as God the devil doesn't even compare to God but we got to have some violent faith Amen? That will rise up and let God be God. Amen? Glory to God. We can take cities. We can take nations. Amen? We can change families. We can change family lines. Do you realize Fiona's dad broke a curse on his family line because he got born again? There was a curse on the family line that said no male child will live past 40. Fiona's dad was the only one out of seven, eight brothers. The oldest male child would not live past 40 with me and my dad. Yeah. It's just all his other brothers. Yeah. All of his other brothers died before, by they were 40, except for Serge Paul, who got born again and broke the curse. Yeah. You want to change your family line? Have some violent faith. Amen? Violent faith is rising up in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith is not now. It's, it's faith is now. It's not later. Faith is what you have until what you need, want, and desire is what you have. 
Well, how long shall I be in faith? Until it manifests. Amen? Until it shows up. Glory to God. So, we can seize a city. You know, I think of Joshua. He was a man that had violent faith. God said, I've given that city over to your hands. You know, Joshua didn't waste time contemplating about what God said. As soon as God said that city is yours, he gathered the troops and went and took it. You read the story of Joshua. He didn't delay. You know, first city was Jericho, right? And he went before God, and God gave him a plan, okay? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to march around Jericho six times, once a day for six days, okay? So they did that. But on the seventh day, I want you to march around it seven times. And on the seventh time, I want you to blow some trumpets. And I want you to shout. And the walls are going to fall. And Joshua completely took the city. How did he do it? He did it God's way through violent faith. All right? And we got some cities to take. We got a nation to take. Amen? The devil thinks he's going to get a hold of America. But he's got another thing coming. We got some people right here in Palmyra that are going to rise up with some violent faith and put a stop to this mess. I like what Lester Summerall said one time. He had a big ship, you know, and he would go to these countries. He said, well, yeah, we're going to go to this war-torn country. We're going to go tell the devil to sit down and shut up and quit fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And, he, you know, he would load his ship with, like, uh, food and, and medical supplies, and he would take it there and just be a blessing to the country. And they would open the doors, and he would preach the gospel. Amen. You know how, you know how his ministry started? He was in the Philippines, and they had this violent woman in prison and then she was very violent because she was possessed with some devils no one no one knew what to do with her and he said let me talk to her so he went in there and he, he cast the devil out and she got set free and as a <laughs> the people were so impressed that they, they opened up the biggest soccer stadium they had and he, he got to do a big revival there yeah. amen and he's still got a church there in the philippines today yeah. he's in heaven his sons are still doing the ministry hey man See what you can do with violent faith? You are unstoppable. Hallelujah. You are undefeated. Amen. You rise to the top in the midst of pressure, trial, and trouble. You were designed to come to, you are the cream of the crop. Glory to God. Nothing can keep you down. We got to exercise some violent faith right now. Amen. What is it that you need? What is it that you want? And what is it that you desire God already gave you a promise about it. Amen? All you've got to do is take hold of it. Get a hold of eternal life. And you've got to start professing it. Amen? If you're facing the trial, you, you start declaring your victory in that trial. Start declaring what you want in that trial. Amen? Moses did not let Pharaoh set the terms of the negotiation. You stood, he stood his ground and he got it all. He got the cows, the kids, the gold, the silver, and the clothes and everything. Yeah. Amen? Amen? And Pharaoh, Egypt was completely decimated. Yeah. And Moses didn't even have a sword uh-huh. or a spear. But he did have a mouth. Yeah. He did have a mouth that could speak God's word. Yeah. And see, violent faith is bold. It's fearless. Amen? It stands up. It's loud. Come on. It's loud. Yeah. You got to get loud sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, one time I heard a person say, if the devil gets loud, you get louder. Right? Glory to God. Well, is there something that you need tonight? Is there something that you want tonight? It's already yours. How many are ready to receive it tonight? You're ready to lay hold of it, whatever it is. It's, it, listen, God can take care of the small stuff and the big stuff. God can handle it. Amen? And you're made in his image and in his likeness, and you can handle it through him. Glory to God. So we're going to lay hold on something tonight. If you need something in your life, if you want something to be done in your life, if there's something that you desire in your life and you're waiting for it, I want you to come up right now. Come up with an attitude that you're going to seize it. You're going to take hold of it. It's already been given to you. It's already yours. Amen. You don't have to go through the formality of it. You just, you are up here tonight. You are going to take possession of it. It is yours. You're going to take what is promised to you. Amen. Hallelujah. You've been promised victory. You've been promised health. You've been promised strength. Amen. You've been promised a turnaround. Glory to God. I want you just to, if, if you are filled with the Spirit, I want you to pray in tongues. If you're not, just begin to praise the Lord up here right now. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray for these right now. They've come ready to receive. They've come ready to be touched. They've come ready to be empowered in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we're going to release violent faith. We're going to release the force of faith tonight. Hallelujah. We're going to release the force force of faith for victory tonight in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we release the violence.